views expressed on this program are those of the hosts, guests, and callers, and are not necessarily those of this station, its management, or other advertisers. You're listening to Transformation Talk Radio. Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. The following audio is via a Skype call. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. For those of you that want to find out more about us, really easy. Go to the drpatshow.com or go to transformationtalkradio.com. If you want to find out more about our network, how to host your own show, go to the transformationnetwork.com. We've laid out an entire website dedicated to meeting you exactly where you are and what you want to show up in the world and how to create a powerful voice. Um, Today, it's all about a powerful voice. You know, what happens when you go down a pathway and you look at your life and you think, you know, there's something here that I'm called to do. You know, perhaps, in fact, there have been some challenges in my life and I'm able to step forward and move beyond those challenges, but how to show up and do it in a way that is going to help other people do it. Madison Taylor is joining me here today. He's a co-founder and editor-in-chief chief of the popular inspirational website and daily newsletter, Daily Ohm. Daily O-M, for those of you that are familiar with Daily Ohm. If not, please check it out. We're going to talk about this a lot. Now, when you are she, you're out in the world and you're recognized as this fabulous leader in self-help and new thought and spirituality. But yeah. Here we are. You take 20 years of experience in personal development and alternative uh, healing. And what happens? You create a forum, a place, a place that people can come, can go, can visit. People can come and understand what it is they can learn more about in life. And for those of you, you've heard us talk about um, our technology that we're calling a positive mojo and it's positive, uh, positive movement that we want to create. And yes, I did say we are creating a positive politics channel. Yes. So I know you keep a- emailing me about that, but it really is true. That is what we're doing and launching it in September. But for those of you out there, if you're her, you've now got this book called Unmedicated. Unmedicated, the four pillars of natural wellness. What does that mean? What it means if you're like me and you're like she, you go down a pathway, something happens to your body, you think there's only one way to fix it, and then you find out that's not true. But what if you didn't want to do that? And how about those of us that perhaps are, oh, 
anxiety, depression. We hear it over and over and over again. I just heard it this morning um, by uh, the former Cleveland Browns football quarterback, you know, Johnny Mazel, talking about what he went through. But now guess what? Madison's joining us here today because she's got something to say and say it well. Madison Taylor, everyone, the author of Unmedicated. Madison, it's great to have you here. Welcome to the show. Hi, Dr. Pat. I'm so happy to be back with you again. It's really cool. I mean, you know, part of this is um, I love not knowing what I don't know. I love being in that space because I pick up a book like this and I open it up and then I look at what you're doing in the world and I think about, okay, what is it? that is calling your message to the forefront. And then I think about, is it the, the, the former football quarterbacks that are getting ready to play in Canada that says, my gosh, I was depressed and now have bipolar disease? Was it that? Was it maybe hearing a story about how an athlete can heal his body in less than three months and find out how he does it? And it's as if he's reading from your book. But what is it for you, Madison? What is it that got you up to write this book? Well, I have to say this book's been many years in the making. And (laughs) to be honest with you, I started writing it about five years ago, maybe six years ago. And I would write a little bit and then I'd put it away thinking, oh, no, nobody's going to want to listen to this. Nobody's going to believe me. Nobody wants to hear this information from me. And I was doing some really good self-sabotaging. And then I'd take it out again and write a little bit and put it away. But then the urge and the knowing became so strong that I couldn't put it away anymore. It was that inner drive where it was almost impossible to not get up every day and write this book. And I felt the push from spirit. I felt... um, that they had my back and was sort of propelling Mm. me forward to get this information out into the world. Mm. This is really what happens, though, when we get tapped. I mean, I'm talking to you because I was like really miserable. Depression is not even the word that I think we use uh, anymore to describe that. And, you know, out of that, something inside of me got stirred up about how absolutely useless I felt about myself and my life. Mm -hmm. And my friends would look at me, Madison, and they'd say, get over it. You just finished the doctoral program. You're acknowledged for your research. What do you, what, what's wrong with you? And I didn't have an answer, but I'm not sure that I know you've heard that before. You know, I'll be honest with you. I thought depressed people weighed 800 pounds and sat on the sofa all day and watched TV and ate pizza and ice cream. That, to me, is what depression looked like. I don't know where I got that version of it. And I think the reason that I I did think that's what it looked like was because there's, you know, so much shame surrounding the word depression. And Mm -hmm. so we don't tell anybody and like you, you probably presented a great face to your friends, as did I. I fooled everybody because, <laughs> you know, deep down inside, who wants to be known as the one that's depressed because there was just such a stigma and such, 
shame associated with it. And so I went out the door and I smiled and I was nice and I was pretty functioning for a long time until it, I became unable to function. And so, um, you know, it doesn't, uh, depression doesn't have a look to it, right? It's not, mm-hmm. you're not wearing a cast or a Band-Aid. You look healthy. And so people don't want to believe that we're not well. And the other part of that is people then don't know what to do with you, right? Like I right. lost a lot of friends because, you know, I couldn't leave the house or I had too much anxiety to go to the movies or whatever it was. And so people slowly um, drifted away from me because they didn't know what to do with depression. And, and, you know, I want to take the lid off of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that we're talking about this because, you know, I didn't even know that I was feeling what I was feeling. I didn't know it. See, I actually thought that, wait a minute, you're just going to pull yourself together because you look successful on the outside, right? You know, we look successful on the outside, but it isn't until something happens that we have to make a change. And that's what your book is about, isn't it? It's about helping us understand what we can do and the reality that there is something that must be done. Absolutely. I am nobody special. I put my pants on one leg at a time Uh like everybody else. And Uh just because I have a face like you that's out in the public eye, at the end of the day, we're still human beings with human emotions and feelings. And we're no different than anybody else. And, you know, I always feel really grateful when actresses in Hollywood come forward and say that they've suffered from depression because they're really, you know, putting their career on the line. And they are public figure and willing to talk about it. And I really appreciate that. And a lot of women now are coming forward in um, the public eye talking about like, for instance, postpartum depression, which is really great. So I love that. Um, Let's keep the conversation going. And um, I always tell people if I can do this, anybody can do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that I'm like with you, uh, postpartum depression. I believe that my mother suffered from that and actually never recovered from it. Yeah. Uh, because it wasn't a thing back then. You know, it was like, oh, my God, get over it. You're just tired. Just had a baby. But that's not the whole story. There is still a stigma out there around not being uh, like happy, slappy, happy, not depressed, chipper. I mean, there's this idea that we're not allowed to be down a court ever. And then what if we actually talked about it with the people that we love? I mean, it's easier, as most people are finding, not to do any of that and to medicate. But this is a different book because this is about knowing what other options are, right? Yeah, and it's really about taking action and putting yourself in the driver's seat of your life because there you go. when we medicate, we're not in control of our life. And mm-hmm. we've had a blanket put over us and someone else is driving the bus. And I don't know about you, but I want to be mm-hmm. driving my own bus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually do, too. But actually, I'd rather be driving my own Harley Davidson. <laughs> so <laughs> let's <laughs> let's change that. Yes, <laughs> let's let's take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about well, and this is really a true story. We're going to talk about. You know, what does it mean to not be doing the things you love in life? And what is it that Madison is sharing with us today? 
that are all about these four pillars of natural wellness. You know, you guys have heard me talking about natural wellness, natural health now for 15 years. But what is it now that we could know and learn and do something about? And then we're going to tell you how you can spend some time with Madison as she's coming to Seattle. So let's take a shorty, everyone. We will be right back. Tune in to Lucid Planet Radio with Dr. Kelly Neff. This hit show will illuminate your senses and empower you beyond your daily stressors and hardships. Renowned psychologist and author Dr. Kelly will captivate you with far-reaching topics and amazing guests as you wake to the greatest version of yourself. Learn to tap into your intuitions, think critically about our world, heal emotional and psychological wounds, and follow your passions to live your dreams. The Lucid Planet. Welcome home. Visit lucidplanetradio.com for more information. What is a brilliant culture, and how do we create them? Why are they important? Claudette Rowley has created a breakthrough five-step process to help you align your culture with your business strategy for exceptional results. Looking for a culture that drives organizational excellence? Listen to Cultural Brilliance Radio, the second and fourth Friday of each month at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. To learn more or work with Claudette, visit culturalbrilliance.com. Are you looking for the perfect setting for your next workshop or retreat? At Spirit Fire Meditative Retreat Center, cultivating consciousness is what we do best. Our guests count on us to create an atmosphere that supports serenity and well-being. We lead from the heart and create space for the mind. Freshly prepared meals designed with local and organic ingredients, 95 acres of beautiful woods and pastures, and a facility built with green in mind. This is what you'll find at Spirit Fire. For more information, visit spiritfireretreatcenter.com. Do you ever feel as if you're working twice as hard but only getting half as far? Are you trying to connect with your path in life and finding it elusive? Mainstream Metaphysics Radio is a weekly call-in show where we harness our connection with the universe and use what is in our power to affect change for optimal success and happiness. This hit show bridges the divide between what is and what we do not know. Eve, named one of the country's top psychics, also known as the MBA Psychic, invites you on this journey for this live call-in show with readings, featured guests, leaders, and visionaries in both business and spiritual callings. So join Eve Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com as she takes metaphysics mainstream. For more information about Eve, visit EliteTarot.com. That's EliteTarot.com. Best-selling author, spiritual life, and business coach Joe Nunziata brings his higher energy and no-nonsense style to people who are ready to make powerful changes now. Wake up, step up, power up with a shot of Joe. Join Joe the second and fourth Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern for 30 minutes of high energy, no-nonsense, and powerful tools to make powerful changes. Visit joenuns.com. That's J-O-E-N-U-N-Z.com.
Hey, everybody, welcome back. And uh, by the way, we have a copy of uh, Madison's book. Uh, Madison Taylor joining me here today on Medicated. And, you know, here's what I want to say about this. But for those of you before I actually say it, you can go ahead and find information about Madison on the website dailyom.com. It's O-M, dailyom.com. Uh, or madisontaylor.com. And Madison is spelled with a Y. I love that. Uh, M-A-D-I-S-Y-N, taylor.com. I'm like Patty, and I'm spelled with a Y, too. Uh, or And don't forget, please write this down in your, in your calendar, if you would. Uh, Bastyr University Bookstore, which is in Kenmore. Bastyr, we love Bastyr. Um, if you write this down February uh, 16th, from uh, noon to one, there's going to be a special event. All of you are welcome. Uh, Madison's going to give a talk. She's going to sign copies of her book. And Bastyr is a great place to hang out, folks. Just great. I mean, you go there and you already feel better. Um, Madison, thank you for today, right? Um, we're talking about the four pillars of natural wellness. And I think if you'd have told me 15 years ago when I started this, that I would be such a believer, I probably would have just looked at you like, no, I don't think so, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. But six months on April 1st of 2004, I came down with a mystery disease. My life changed. The only thing I could do was buy airtime and talk about a completely different venue of holistic positive living. But here you are today, you're living this, you're breathing it, you have a fabulous publication about it, and now you've written a book. Because what I love about what you have in here, this is for everyone, no matter where they are, to get started. Let's talk about pillar one, because I think it's one of the most important things for those of you out there, even if you're not like, okay, no, I'm not, that's not me. This is how it can never be you if you listen to this. Let's talk about clear your mind and what you discovered about it for yourself over time. Yeah. So one of the most important action steps in the first pillar, clear your mind, is meditation. And I know people tend to roll their eyes, you know, as both of us did, probably did at one time. And when we think of People meditating, we see people in robes and crazy lotus position with beads around their neck. And, you know, that's not what it's about. When I was so sick, when I first learned to meditate, I couldn't even sit up straight. I meditated laying down. And that's exactly what every meditation teacher says not to do. But you know what? I did it anyways because that's what I could do. And for me, I wouldn't think of leaving the house without meditating just like I wouldn't leave the house without brushing my teeth. That's how important it is to me. Because what it does, and it may seem counterintuitive, but it actually creates space. It actually creates space in your brain and for your day ahead by getting rid of the clutter, right? And the used to call it um, busting the crust, I remember. Back yeah, when I was that's with you right. Before, right. So yeah. get rid of all of that stuff going on in your head. And the result of that, which I love, is you can recapture that feeling 
any time during the day. So if I've taken the time, and, and it doesn't have to be 20 minutes or 30 minutes. It can be 3 minutes or 10 minutes to quiet your mind, take some breaths, clear your mind. You can recapture that feeling anytime during the day. So if you're stuck in traffic, your boss is yelling at you, your kids are screaming, just take a breath. And you recapture, it's like a cellular memory, that feeling of complete calm and peace that you created for yourself earlier in the day. I want to take that moment now Yeah. where we do that. Because it's one of the most important things we could pick up right now. You know, I was watching one of the um, Olympic events. And one of my favorites, I shared this in a previous show, uh, the snowboarding events, the women's snowboarding events. And the woman that won the gold did something very interesting. When you saw her at the top and even when she finished, you could see what she was doing, Madison. She put her hand on her heart and tapped it. Mm. And you could see her breathing. She wasn't talking. She wasn't talking to the coach standing there. She wasn't talking when she came down to people. Uh, she wasn't rolling her eyes. You know, she didn't, you know, make it. She stood there with her hand on her heart. And you could see her taking that deep breath. I love that so much. So she's recapturing that moment when she's deep mm -hmm. in meditation and recalling that sense of clarity for her and that mm -hmm. sense of peace. And I have to say, it doesn't take, you know, it's called meditation practice for a reason. It does take some practice, but it doesn't take long to start creating that sort of cellular memory um, that is available to everybody. And what I love about meditation is it doesn't cost a dime and mm -hmm. it's available to everybody. You can be in a wheelchair and do it. You can be bedridden mm -hmm. and do it and it doesn't cost anything. It's a gift for yourself. Yeah. One of the things too is as we're talking about this, there's a reason for it. There's a reason to pause. There's a reason to stop. There's a reason to find a way to clear the mind. And I like to think it's a spiritual reason for me because I know that the universe, God, whatever you believe in, I believe is a benevolent one. And I, I, be, I do believe it's trying to get my attention. And what I have to do in order to hear that wisdom for myself is I have to stop. We're so busy. We don't stop. We don't stop. Yeah, we, um, as a species, we love to be busy. And I have friends that actually th think they're superheroes because their calendar is completely full every day. And I tell them, you know, what that really means. It's a form of self-sabotage. Um, but we don't, in our country in particular, we don't honor the quiet moments and the stillness. And they're vital. And for me... What you mentioned about getting attention, the spirit mm -hmm. was able to get my attention only when I stopped to quiet my mind, and then I was able to heal my body from my sickness. I wouldn't have heard the whisper if I hadn't taken the time to be still. And imagine what I would have missed out on. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you today if I hadn't taken mm -hmm. the time to learn to meditate. Mm-hmm. 
Well, you know, part of this is looking at what we can do, what we can say, what we can know in the world. And we're also going to talk about what it means to nurture our spirit. And there are many ways to go about that. Um, This also, this book also includes ways to strengthen our body. And what does that mean to strengthen our body? What are the tools that we know about that many of us have tried? But more importantly, what is it that we feel inside us? How do we feel that change when we find things that work and work so well and so easily? Um, We're going to take a short break. But before we do, Madison, how can people find out more about you? Again, how can they get a copy of the book? And then, Benny, I'd love to give a copy of the book away. Yeah, the book is available at uh, most retailers. I love to support local book sellers in particular. I love a good bookstore. Um, But it's available on Amazon, and you can find out more about me at dailyom.com. Great. And for those of you out there, uh, when we come back, we're going to give a copy of the book away. And then we're also going to talk about, you know, now what? Once we've cleared our minds, now what? What do we need to nurture and how do we do it? How do we nurture that thing in in the words body, mind, spirit? Why do we put spirit last in that? I got to talk to Madison about that. (laughs) Stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back with the show. Take a short break. about the meaning of life? Do you want to deepen your spiritual practice? The School for Esoteric Studies offers online training to spiritual seekers from all paths of life and individual coaching. Our courses synthesize Eastern and Western spiritual traditions based on meditation, study, and service applied to everyday life. The school also organizes group meditations each year to benefit humanity. Whether you're just beginning to reflect on the spiritual side of your life or are a more experienced spiritual seeker, the school warmly welcomes you to join our group. To learn more about our courses and services, please visit esotericstudies.net. That's esotericstudies.net. On the cutting edge of the new mainstream, Christine Upchurch is passionate about bringing together science, psychology, and spirituality in a way that can be applied to our everyday lives for true transformation. The Christine Upchurch Show, stellar conversations to illuminate your journey, engages some of the most outstanding visionaries on the planet in lively dialogue to inspire you to become that bright light you're meant to be. Join Christine every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on KKNW, AM 1150, and Transformation Time. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. A word of caution. If you prefer the status quo and you are not interested in improving every aspect of your life, 
This book will trigger the shift out of you. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens is available now. Author Colette Steffen brings the powerful knowledge and life-changing energy and empowerment from the radio airwaves to the pages of her new book. To get your copy in paperback or ebook, visit thetruthisfunny.com today. Amber Teal, founder of The Healthy Edge, is bringing you the hit show Healthy Edge Radio, living with power, passion, and purpose. Amber provides the support and tools necessary for you to finally release the weight and emotions that are hidden beneath the weight. Tune in each month on Transformation Talk Radio. For more information on how you can take the next step with Amber, visit GetTheHealthyEdge.com. Everybody, it is so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. So thrilled Madison's going to be coming to Bestier University. And as I said before, if you want to find out more about her trip, about her book signing, you can um, you can check it out at Bestier. But it's going to be um, Friday, February 16th from uh, noon, noontime. It's free. Everybody's welcome. Uh, you can also find out more about Madison. Go to dailyom.com. Uh, that's dailyom.com. Uh, and Benny, let's go ahead and give a copy of Madison's book away. First caller, 1-800-930-2819. 1-800-930-2819. You know, Madison, um, a while ago when I first started this, I, I talked about the research that I did when I was in school. And I said, for eight years, I studied the consequences of broken promises. Mm -hmm. So just to tell everybody why I was really depressed after eight years of that. And what I loved about that studying was what I learned from hundreds and hundreds of people. I interviewed 1,200 pages of interview notes is the common theme throughout was this. Everyone said, all we wanted people to do is honor the dignity of the human spirit. Mm. And that is something that we don't do. And so when you say in the book, nurture your spirit, mm. you're not saying not to nurture your mind. You're not saying not to nurture your body. But there's something universal about the word spirit that is so powerful and you've done such a great job what have you discovered along the life you you know the way to becoming you in this life what have you discovered about how important nurture your spirit really is well in the context of the pillar spirit i'm talking about your soul self and that is the most sacred part of yourself and it's interesting because you can't see it, right? You don't see it in the mirror. It isn't a body part. And so often it gets left behind. And mm-hmm. it gets pushed, right, to the back burner. Because we can't see it. It's not in our face every day. And for me, I was raised with zero spirituality, zero religion, 
um, you know, a very toxic, abusive household. And so I didn't have any concept that I was a soul in a human body, right? I just thought I was a body. And in fact, that's why I had my first panic attack was thinking about those sorts of things when I was eight or nine years old. And so we disconnect from that because it's easy to. And if we're not fed that information, it just gets lost in the mix somewhere and it sort of floats off to sea. And all we have to do is really, you know, throw out our fishing rod and just reel it back in because it'll be back with you in a nanosecond. We just need to acknowledge that we are spiritual beings living on this planet we call Earth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here we are, and we are beings. And, you know, we've been talking about the fact that, you know, some people say we're spiritual beings in human skin, Other people like to think about it a little differently, but there is something that we cannot see. There's an invisible force. Mm. There's an invisible nature of what it is that moves us forward in life every day. It is an invisible force, you know, because we can't see that thing that gives us hope or we can't see that thing that can heal a cancer cell, Mm. right? We've watched this, right? The energy of that. Or we can't see it. But boy, ask millions of people what they believe, Madison, Mm -hmm. and you get a whole different answer, right? Yes, and that's okay. Thank goodness we're not all the same. If we all were the same, we'd be terribly bored, wouldn't we? It's good good to have differences. And, you know, for me, it was, that voice um, that protected me my entire life. I've been suicidal since I was a young girl. And it was that inner knowing, that soul spirit knowing that kept me going. And it told me, you know, just keep going, just keep going, wait until you're 18 and you can move out of the house, just keep going. And that's what kept me alive. It was from the very depth of me, you know, I don't, I didn't know what it was, but now we know it can only be one thing and we can call it whatever we want. It doesn't matter what we call it. In fact, let's just not call it anything because that makes it mm-hmm. easier for people. It is a force. And for me, it came from deep within to save my life and there's no other way around it. It saved my life. Mm. One of the things you point to in the book, and I want to talk about this, boy, if there was if there was one thing I would say to people, if they said to me, Pat, what would be the one thing that you would share to people that doesn't really cost anything? And you could say to them, do this, do this, do this. Well, you say it in the book. Mm. You say, write as if your life depended on it five to seven days a week. Mm. And what I love about that is you, this is not about, oh, we're not telling you to write a book. But you walk us through these steps. And I wanted to ask you about this. Mm. What is this? Talk about, if you don't mind, the essence of what this does to the body, to the mind, to the spirit, and to the soul. Yeah. Because it affects it all. Absolutely. Yes. And meditation and journaling are my two favorite tools. And like you said, they're free and available to everybody, which is, well, I'm all about that. And in fact, I journal in little cheap journals, like 
I feel like my feelings and thoughts aren't quite worth these beautiful, expensive leather journals. So, you know, I get these cheap 99-cent spiral-bound journals at the, you know, at the drugstore. And journaling also receives a little bit of eye-rolling, the same as meditation, because people say, I don't know what to write about, I'm not a writer, I'm not a good writer, and that's all excuse, that's hogwash, because nobody's reading this but you, and this isn't for anybody else except for you, so it doesn't matter if you have messy handwriting, it doesn't matter if you can't spell, it doesn't matter if you have poor grammar, we don't care about that. What we care about is shifting your thoughts, and this is the gift of journaling. And I always love to give this analogy of a train. And if you're just thinking your thoughts, let's say you're in the shower thinking about your life and your problems and trying to work through some issues, and you're in the shower shampooing your hair, scrubbing your body, as soon as you hit a wall or a spot that's a little sticky or makes you feel bad, you stop thinking that thought, right? Because why would you want to keep thinking the bad thought or go there? And so Mm -hmm. you don't. And so with journaling... You're on your sofa, you've got your cup of tea, you're cozy, you're safe, and you're forced to slow down. The physical action of writing forces your brain to slow down. And then what happens is you get to go to places that you haven't been before. And so back to the train, when you're just thinking your thoughts, you're on this train track going steady, straight ahead, right? Your whole life, choo, 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 straight ahead. But what journaling does is it enables you to slow down enough and shift tracks. You get to jump tracks. So now you're going off in a different direction. And that direction, I guarantee you, is where the good stuff is and where the healing lies for all of us. So just the simple act of putting pen to paper without judgment helps you shift tracks to get to the good stuff. And what we're doing is we're slowly peeling back the layers of that onion, right? Because the healing is at the center and we want to ultimately reach that place of healing. And that is by slowly peeling back the layers through writing. What do you find, Madison? Here's my question. Mm. What do you find is the sticking point for people? Mm. And what I mean is, I love that you you just sit down and write. Don't worry about grammar. Right. We're not really looking for even complete sentences here. No. And I want to make sure folks know what this, what this does, yeah. right? Uh, because this is a way to express emotions as well. So let's just be clear about that. It's not just about writing, oh, gee whiz, dear journal, I had a great day. Because maybe some days you're not. Yeah. Um, Can you talk more about that? Because I think it's so powerful. We don't talk enough about this. Yeah. So in the book, I have some journaling ideas of what to journal about. And um, if if you don't want to do those things or you don't know what to journal, because you're right, you shouldn't be writing, oh, it was a beautiful day today. This is what I'm going to do today. We don't want facts. We want feelings. There you go. And so I start at the top of the page and I say, please reveal to me what it is I need to know. And you can address that to your higher self, to God, mm-hmm. whoever you want. Please reveal to me what it is I need to know. And then go to town writing. Don't judge yourself. Don't edit yourself. You know, don't go into that sabotage and just let it flow out of you because it'll come. 
And I have to tell you, I won't curse on your program, but I'm going to say that when I first started doing this work, I had so much anger hiding under the fear because that's what hides under fear is anger. And for the first three days of journaling, I just wrote the F word on the page Mm -hmm. for like 10 Mm -hmm. or 20 minutes. F word, F word, F word, because all that, that was the anger coming up. And of course, I judged myself and thought it was horrible. But now looking back, it's like, beautiful, wonderful, good job. Let's get that out. And if that's the F word for three days, you know, so be it. And, you know, be an acceptance of, hey, this is me. I'm fully bringing it to the page. And that's what came out. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing I love about this is we're not judging anybody. And so we want to invite people not to judge themselves here because we are sometimes our own worst. I mean, we can go absolutely uh, to the depth and the breadth of how we're not great people in the world. And that's part of the thing to be mindful of. I want to just mention, too, is and Benny, I'd like to go ahead and skip this break. You know, you also say to write a letter for yourself. And let's talk about that um, as also a way to help set an intention to strengthen our body, because that's what we're talking about next. Yeah. So um, I'd like to work a lot with the term forgiveness. And often the person we need to forgive first is ourselves. And that's overlooked a lot. Right, We love to point the finger at other people, but we never point the finger back at ourselves and say, wow, I really need to forgive myself because, as you alluded to, we are so unkind to ourselves and especially unkind to our physical body. And so for me, I had to do a lot of writing in that arena. I'm so sorry, body, for the unkind things I said to you. I'm so sorry for calling you this, for calling you that. I'm so sorry for doing all those drugs in my youth because I didn't know how to deal with my feelings and my depression. I'm sorry for practically drinking myself to death. You know, I'm sorry, liver, for having you do all that extra work and just really setting up an apology to your beautiful body, body, mind, and spirit. And, um, you know, I don't know a single person that hasn't said unkind words to themselves. And we are so, so hard on ourselves. And we're beautiful beings on this planet. We need to be kind to ourselves. Imagine how your body feels. Just think about all the things you've said to your body. Imagine it, you know, having ears, because we do, And taking all of that in. And when I first realized that I did that to my body, I fell to my knees and wept. I couldn't believe how unkind I'd been to myself. And I just was on my knees weeping. And that really started me on my path to apologizing to my own self. And so I decided to write a letter to myself. And it's in my journal. You know, it's not separate. It was just journaling work. And, um, you know, I could really feel the shift occur when I wrote it fully expressed from my heart. 
Mm -hmm. Um, You know, part of this, too, is looking at now that we're writing this and now that I know what I've done to my body, there are some amazing things that you've put in the book. And, you know, I wanted to touch upon them if we could. You know, you and I had to go down a, a journey where our, our past years of putting things in our bodies that our bodies didn't necessarily like, we had to figure how to get them out of there and then strengthen. Let's talk about what you discovered because this is pivotal. You know, it's one thing to take care of the emotional. It's another thing to take care of the spiritual. But we also cannot forget that our bodies need to be replenished too. Yeah, well, our body is housing our beautiful souls and our amazing, awesome brains, and so we need to take care of it, and most of us don't, and I find it interesting, uh, especially lately, like the last five years, people are really into detoxing, and they're really into cleanses, and I think that's great because we do need to cleanse our body, but I really love to build the body up. And so for me, that's all about supplementing the body, right? So instead of, and I had a long talk with my doctor about this because most doctors really like to, you know, cleanse and clean out. And uh, I talked to my doctor and I just had the really strong intuitive feeling that I needed to build my body. And as soon as I told him that, he was right on board with me and we got on a plan of, strengthening this physical vessel that needs to carry me through life. And so enough with the detoxing and the cleanses, let's start strengthening. And so that's really what I focused on through a lot of avenues because we don't get another body in this lifetime, right? No, we don't. No, we don't. And the other thing, though, that what you talk about here is even though we don't get another body here, what we can do is we can build up, we can strengthen it. We can get it well. There's so many things that we can learn to do with this if we're just willing to do it. And I love that you talk in the book is um, about alternative therapies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, for you and you and I both, I mean, we've learned about what these alternative therapies are. And I will say, I mean, I look at some of the people that I'm close to in my life and I say, my gosh, you know, why don't you try some infrared or how about, you know, this thing that I learned about. And then I realized, well, wait a minute, Pat, you're not a doctor. So then I just say, why don't you go see Dr. Darvish? Right. But the point is, the point is, right. Um, you can still go to an MD yes. as I've done and say, you know what? Can you work with Dr. Darvish for me? Mm-hmm. Can you do that? And if they won't, I've walked away. Yes. Absolutely. We need to take control of our health care because nobody else is going to do it. And I am getting email letters already from people that have read the book, and they are going to their doctors with my book in hand and saying, hey, I want to do these pillars. Can you help me? And that, to me, just is amazing. My doctor actually... Um, that healed me is a medical doctor. He's an MD, but he acts more like a naturopathic doctor. He's never written me a prescription ever. You know, I'm sure if I absolutely needed one, he would give it to me and I would take it because I trust him. But I have tried every alternative therapy under the sun and I list them in the book. And, you know, some of them I didn't 
feel were that spectacular, but I feel like everything I tried had a little piece of the puzzle to me. It was a piece of the missing sort of link, and I got some benefit out of each therapy, and I'm glad I tried them. You know, some are a little more comical and a little laughable than others, um, but, you know, it was part of my journey. And oftentimes, going to one type of healer situation would lead me to the next one, which gave me perhaps some greater benefit. So I don't consider anything I did a waste. I learned something from each practitioner and each kind of therapy, and and sometimes it led me to the thing I needed next down the line. And that, to me, is a big part of the book, is keeping your eyes and ears open and taking action steps where needed. I think that most of the time, if we just knew some of the things you're talking about in the book, it's important enough. It's enough to get going. I mean, I would have never figured out about the allergies that I had in my body and then what nutrition does for it. Um, And you talk about nutrition in the book as well. I mean, this is an area that I don't think that, you know, you and I would be making a mistake by saying We have a population and a culture of the United States that has forgotten what nutrition looks like. Mm. A, because a lot of folks claim that they don't have the dollars for it. But B, because they think sugar is their friend. And I just think there's a whole new education that has to happen around this. And you, you include this in your book. Yeah. And, you know... We're not expecting people to change their diet overnight. For me, I learned slowly what good food was. You know, I went off soda, for instance, in my early 20s, and I started drinking, you know, some kind of a bottled iced tea. And then I realized when I started to learn to read labels, oh, you know, the best thing actually for my body is water, filtered water. And so, you know, it's a process. It's a journey to find out what works well for you. I haven't eaten fast food and. 25 years, and I would rather go without a meal than eat fast food now. And it's just because that I've educated myself about it, and I wouldn't do that to my body. For me, sugar was the go-to thing. That was um, really almost better than any drug. However, it's not labeled as such. And for me, what sugar did, it essentially... mm, sort of put a blanket over my feelings and sort of muffled everything and made it okay. And when I started doing the exercise um, that is in the book, and it says, you know, when I would have a craving for a chocolate cake or a cookie, what is it in me that's saying, hey, I need to eat cake right now? And, you know, instead of eating the cookie or the cake, exploring the motion behind it. But, um, you know, and sugar also suppresses your immune system. And there's really nothing about it, but we're taught from an early age, you know, we make Christmas cookies, we make birthday cakes, we give Valentine candy, we give Easter candy. And so we learn as children that candy and sugar equals happiness. And so it really starts to act like a drug in our bodies. And I will tell you, Dr. Pat, I've done a lot of different drugs in my life, but getting off sugar Oh boy! Way harder than quitting smoking, than quitting drinking, than quitting doing cocaine, any pills—the yeah. worst. And right. that told me what a handle it had on me, right? That's right. And we now know that for sure. 
Yes. You know, there are now more and more bits of information that are coming out, but also the relationship of sugar to emotions, you know, and the accessibility of sugar. And, you know, more importantly than that is just how about if we just read the labels a little bit, just read the labels, you know, just that's to great. see what is that that's going into what I eat. But, you know, part of this, too, and what you talk about in the book, I think is brilliant. You know, you bring it all together to say, let let me give you a few things here. And I love that you're talking about in the book, blessing our food. Mm-hmm. That's something I learned from the native native uh, traditions. Yeah. Um, but you're going to be talking with people about the book and, and more when you come to do the signing. Um, I know the hour goes really quickly, Madison, and I know there's so much more to talk about. One last question for you. What did we leave out? What would you like to talk about and message you'd like to leave us with today? And thank you for all you're doing. Absolutely. Um, I really want to tell people that, uh, you know, I was not born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I've always pushed the hard button. I've never had the easy button. I had a crazy, not good childhood. So I want people to know that I've been in the trenches and I could not have written this if I hadn't been there and had the Mm -hmm. experiences. I am you and you are me, right? We're all in this together. We're all in the same boat together. It's just that our packaging looks a little bit different. So we're Mm. going through the same thing. And this really, this book is a love letter to everyone that is suffering, and it's really a a guide to ultimate self-care, and it comes as a gift from my heart to everyone that is suffering because I have been there, and I call myself a sharer, not a teacher. I just want to Mm -hmm. share the information, right? It's my service work to humanity, my gift to humanity. And, um, yes, it comes from my heart. And, um, you know, we're all one, and we need to be kinder to ourselves, and we need to be kinder to each other. I love that. I love that this is your message, and I love what you're doing in the world. Thank you for being you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. One more time, how can people find out more about you? And we're excited about you coming to Bastyr. I am too. You can find me at dailyom.com and um, I'll also be on King TV's morning show with Margaret Larson on Thursday if people can't get out to Bastyr on Friday. But I'm so looking forward to giving hugs and sharing tears with my readers and taking photos. I'll stay as long as possible, so no worries about time. We'll do what it takes to make sure everyone is seen and taken care of. Awesome. Thank you so much, everybody out there. Madison Taylor, the book is called Unmedicated, The Four Pillars of Natural Wellness. But don't forget to go over uh, to what I, I'm telling you. I just can't believe what she's created at the Daily Ohm. Go to dailyohm.com. Find out more about that. Sign up. Get your dose of Daily Ohm every day. And thank you all for tuning us in and turning us on. And Madison, thank you so much for today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Awesome. Hey, another hour on Transformation Talk Radio coming up now. Stay tuned. See you later.
preceding audio was via a Skype call.